just opening up this scene with some dance moves that no one will ever see unless they're watching on YouTube. Cam, how you doing today? Doing great. And they better be watching on YouTube. That's where the magic happens. Is that where the most money is? Well, no. Well, I mean, that's that's up for debate, but that's where I put in the most effort on the video editing side of the biz. Got it. Let me clarify, because I'm always the one who's like, we got to get this monetized. We got to have money, but I'm not... <laughs> I'm not here for the money, but Kirk's I do Kirk's just often... a mustache twirling, snidely whiplash over there. He's like, yeah, see? I just want to clarify that because Cam is often, he often sounds like the heart and I often sound like the miser <laughs> because of that. When in reality, it's the exact opposite, probably. <laughs> I'm just trying to like peacock, like, yo, where's our money at? We're going to get our money from monetization and uh, the business side when you are actually the master of all things there, so... Now that that's out of the way, I just want to say welcome to Spilled Popcorn. Yes. This is the Popcorn for Breakfast companion podcast to all the latest and greatest in streaming television. And currently we are deep diving deep into the MCU series Hawkeye. 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 For those of you only listening by ears, Cam made a wonderful hawk movement. I um, did. It's flapping my of, wings. Angels in the outfield. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we have the same mind. We have the same mind. <laughs> um, I already said his name, but just in case you missed it, just in case this is your first time uh, selecting this podcast and you said, you know what? I just watched episode four of Hawkeye and I need to digest this with some random strangers that will soon become my best friends to my ears. It's the man with the plan and the year round tan, your co-host Cam. What's up? I appreciate that, Kirk. You got it. And I am his pale Irish co-host, Kirk. It's nice to see you all. Oh, yeah. With that, let's talk about Hawkeye. Episode four, Partners, right? Yes. This episode is uh, quite spectacular. You know, there was a meme going around that Marvel had put out that said a review that, about the a near perfect episode of television for episode three. And you could say the same about episode four, I think. What are your thoughts, Cam? I think four was better than three. I think I think four is my favorite episode of the series. Like, I... I I think it was just about perfect in every way. Like I, th I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was light. It moved the plot forward in a really intriguing way. They threw in some curveballs. They threw in a cliffhanger. Like it, I mean, it has everything you could ever want. Cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. Yes. I mean, if we get out of this series without a cliffhanger, uh, especially on the sixth episode, I will be shocked. <laughs> Just imagine what the what the cliffhanger on the sixth episode is going to be like. Oh my! If gosh. they've had a cliffhanger for every end of episode, the finale is going to be the the mother of all cliffhangers for sure. And so, if this series ends one, uh, the final episode airs after No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. The next Marvel iteration is it the Marvels in February? Uh, no. We just received a release date of February seventeenth. I, I think that's twenty twenty three. Oh my goodness! I think it's Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Okay. Next. All right. I'll I'll verify that while we're while we're chatting here. But yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm just throwing all these curveballs at you. I am just so curious as to what comes next. What cliffhanger that we are just dangling on until we finally get to a uh, uh, seemingly resolve. I mean, it could be six six different Marvel shows slash movies before we get the full answer to that cliffhanger. But I mean, as it shows so far, cliffhanger every single episode. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. And so yeah, it looks like. We've got uh, there's a there's a bunch of unannounced 
dates going on here, but it looks like the next one will be Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's May 6th. So they do this thing where like Ooh. they do like one year they'll have a February release. They started this with sort of like Black Panther. And then the next yeah. year they'll do a May release and they kind of alternate like so. And so this year we don't get another Marvel film until May because we got a bunch stacked up in the back half of this year with delays and stuff like that. But I would bet that we get a Marvel show in between this and Multiverse of Madness. Like potentially Miss Marvel, I would guess. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I think Moon Knight will be coming out around the same time as Multiverse of Madness, which like that that summer window. But I think Miss Marvel they'll probably squeak in here pretty soon. Okay, excellent. And also, we're all hoping that we get an announcement for Daredevil Season 4 or Season 1 on Disney Plus as yeah. soon as No Way Home drops. That would be that would super be exciting. So awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's get into the butter of this episode. We loved this episode. It was just really incredible. I would agree with you, Cam. This was a stronger episode for me as well um, than, than episode three, even though episode, episode three was also, as they said, near perfect. You could say that this one was a perfect episode, mm-hmm. except for the beginning, Cam. We left our <laughs> cliffhanger on episode three, and then we just sit down. We have, a, we have the retractable knife to Hawkeye's throat. No fight scene. We're drinking tea. We're eating crumpets at the beginning of this episode. Were you as angry as I was? I, well, I knew it was going to go one of two ways with the whole uh, Jack Duquesne thing. Like, he either, they either know each other or they don't, right? Meaning him and Clint. And the quick answer was they don't. And maybe that's just because Clint has never seen him unmasked or something like that. Though, you know, Swordsman in the comics... He wears a cowl of sorts, but it varies from time to time. But maybe maybe they have tangled before, but they, you know, he doesn't recognize him unmasked. But um yeah, Jack's playing Jack's making all the right plays right now. You know, I think he knew he caught Clint sneaking around his house. If he knows him or not, he knows that his best play right now is to play it cool and be like, Oh wow, what are you doing here? You know, just play it like really cool, don't escalate things keep it calm and figure out how much you can figure out, you know, like if you don't, if you don't arise suspicion, you can ask questions and that's exactly what he's trying to do here. And I think that he, as a character, he played his hand perfectly though. I was definitely wanting some sort of battle at right at the, right out the gate here. Right. Even if it was just a small kerfuffle, but we see no transition into them just whining and dining them and interrogating them, which is fine because that scene played out very nicely, but I'm just like, what? why i wanted more i wanted the fight scene i wanted a small kerfuffle but alas i can move on we do get a desperate plea at the end of this conversation as clint's like i gotta go i got stuff to do vera the mom uh and her character name again eleanor eleanor yeah um she walks clint to the door or to the elevator because they're loaded and she says to leave her daughter out of this world uh, out of this world of avenger level threats uh it's a plea slash threat yeah uh, i saw it more as the threat yeah at the very end it's it's the very end of her exchange with clint that it's that it's revealed that she has another thing going here which is her saying so you're gonna drop the case right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like she that she wanted to make sure she was leaving that conversation knowing if he was going to continue to pursue it or get out uh, it starts as her saying I can't have anything happen to my daughter, which Clint is immediately like, 
of course, you know, I mean, he's going through all this family stuff right now. He's lost Nat. He's lost, he's lost other people. Um, and so he's, it's weighing heavy on his heart. So when he hears that, he's like, I, I need to take this dead seriously. Like this is somebody's daughter. But at the end when she says, so you're going to, you're going to move on from this case, right? Like you're going to drop it. And he's like, eh, you know, he gives kind of like a non-answer. Um, that, that to me showed that she's, she's working something here for sure. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, it's quite the quite the nice dance, and then also he gets into the elevator, and he just shows that he got the he got the retractable knife. So we don't know. Do we see him like lift it, or was it just like he? Yeah, he yeah. Got you it? you see him kind of like there there. They do show him acquire it, and then they show okay. it at the end that he like he got it. So yeah, he snatches it. Yeah, so it's wonderful because he's like, thank goodness I got the sword back because. <laughs> Dude, that's a sick sword. I want him to use that for the rest of his time in the oh, MCU because yeah. it's so good. All right. So next up that that happens that we see is some wonderful. Well, I digress. I digress. We get this wonderful like heart to heart of Jack Duquesne manipulating the Bishop family some yeah. more. I mean, it gets Kate hard. She's like, man, I love my mom so much. I've never seen her excited to dance with anyone. Look how warm she is because she's normally a cold hearted woman. <laughs> and this is very exciting to see her wheels turn. In a way, I really hope it's true. I don't think it is, but I really hope it's true. One yeah. choice that would be nice for me um, would be if if uh, Eleanor is the only bad guy and Jack has just been uh, manipulated into this because as we hear, uh, as as uh, Clint's family is doing some back-end uh, searching and finding and research is that he is the CEO of a shell company that is funding the tracksuit mafia. Yeah, I think... I think um... You know, with the the dynamic between Eleanor and Jack is really interesting to unravel because first of all, I'm under the impression that they're running a parallel scheme, meaning that they're in on something together. Just because I think that that is the easiest explanation for their sudden romance, him coming into play, Armand's death by sword, like all of that starts to really click together. But I think at the same time, like there is a realness to it. I think I think. I think Eleanor really does want this. And I think that she wants Kate to be a part of it. Like, I think she really, you know, I think on a human level and emotional level, she really wants to be a part of it. And I think for a second, Kate was like, man, it would be really nice if this whole Jack thing was not legit. Of course that rug, like you said, quickly gets pulled out from underneath her whenever they find out that there's a, basically a front that's um, involved in this, this whole organization. So it's yeah. Funding the trash tracksuit mafia. So it's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting human dynamic to sort of unravel by the end of this, or maybe it doesn't unravel by the end of this. Maybe there's more to this story. Maybe, maybe there is room for a Hawkeye season two. That's just the Kate Bishop show, you know? And and I think that's a possibility as well. I have this love theory that, uh, he has no idea that, Mm. Definitely he has a past because yeah, why yeah. can he do the things he does? Why does why was he already independently wealthy when he coming into this relationship? And Eleanor is pulling all the strings and he's the bottom's gonna fall out. He's gonna find out, gonna be ticked. He's it's gonna resurface like I was trying to go straight. I was trying to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna lose it. And that's where that uh that sometimes good guy, sometimes bad guy is gonna surface again for him as the swordsman. So uh, it was like it was like it was dormant, and now it's been uh, awakened. Hey, that's that's plausible. I'll, I'll buy that. I mean, I could I could see them going that way for sure. I think there's a lot of different ways they could go. It's very open ended right now. 
That's my excitement. And I am excited to see that play out. We get this fantastic segment, uh, possibly the best, my favorite part of the segment, the most heartwarming, where um, Kate realizes, oh, I'm here with my family. This is really sweet. But what about Clint? His family is miles and miles away. He's alone. And she goes and she spends time with him, strategizing on their mission, but ultimately like bonding uh, in a daughter-son kind of way. And... I just want to know what were some of your favorite moments from what was happening in there in the apartment? Well, I love that they're watching It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I love that they they showed a clip of that. That's one of my favorites, and the way that they tied it into the plot as like a subtextual uh, type of thing. You know, him holding all of his kids, uh, Janie, and uh, all of them. You know, just snuggling in and. I love the the coin <laughs> flicking thing. I, I love the gamesmanship. It's it's like such a necessary part of their relationship because at the bottom of it all, like they're just archers and they just want to do cool archery things and they just want to talk about it. Like this is what happens. Like I always think about when I was in marching band or, or like band in school, like you get a bunch of musicians together. What do they talk about? Music. Like that's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's dumb and cliche, but it's true. Like people who love that stuff just want to get into it. And so them doing the, like I can flick a quarter and turn off the TV by bouncing it off three things. Like that's amazing. And then Kate figures out how to do it. Like it's, it was all great. It was all very well done and really nice and easy, not over the top character development. Like that's exactly how it should be done. It, it was, it was natural. It was genuine. It was warm. It was perfect. It was. There are two big things that happen in this as well. They weave that this relationship building. We already have so much of a glimpse of them, but this one really brought it home to really solidify who they are together. And two things that really stood out to me uh, throughout all of that were that they're talking about the trick arrows and they're strategizing. They, sh- they say there are no more trick arrows. There are no more trick arrows, Cam. <laughs> Where did they come from? We don't have a definition. And why are there no more? Is Hank Pym dead? Go. I don't think Hake Pym's dead, but I think that it's possible the Trick Eros came from a past engagement with with Hank Pym and the like. I mean, we don't really know where Hank Pym stands on the whole Avengers situation these days now, because if you remember way back to Ant-Man and the Wasp, he was none too pleased with the way that things went down with Scott Lang kind of blowing up his spot and making it so that he couldn't live his nice, quiet life working on his stuff anymore trying to save his wife uh i mean that all seemed to get resolved and obviously ant-man and the wasp are in in good standing but it remains to be seen where hank is on all of this so it's possible that he's like listen this superhero gig i'm not for it anymore and um hawkeye doesn't feel like he can approach him about stuff like that that's right and i guess you know they disappeared in the blip yeah right Mm -hmm. him and his wife uh and and the wasp and the wasp um, so he's probably pretty ticked at, at anything Avengers. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> if anybody's got a gripe, I think it's him, but he was also, you know, his tech was responsible for saving the day. Ultimately. I mean, it was, it was all his stuff in Scott Lang coming back from the quantum realm that, that made it possible for everything to get reversed. So, yes. So there's a lot there, a lot there that I, I, I need more in these next two episodes, only two more episodes. I know. I need to know the origin. Uh, maybe he got it as Ronan. Maybe he like went to their site, their, their HQ, and lifted it. And uh, maybe they had just haven't touched base since uh, Endgame. It's very possible. Very possible. Definitely. Uh, so that stood out to me. And then, of course, that 
Kate connects Ronan to Clint. Yeah. Like a baller. Yeah, she figured it out on her own, uh, which was which was cool because I think Kate is very, you know, we talked about it last time, very like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to this whole world of the Avengers. But I think that that moment where she puts it together, it shows you her potential and that she really can be a complete hero on her own. She's not just a kid. She was able to pick up, like pull together the pieces and put it together. Something that Maya hasn't done yet. I mean, she's obviously close based on what's going on at the end of the episode. Uh, But other people haven't put together either. She was able to put the pieces together to figure out that it was actually Clint that was Ronan all along. So I think that that's part of her development as a hero more so than anything else. Uh, Just quick uh, post-production note here. Uh, When you are looking at all of this, can you add the song secretly at a low level so they can't find us Uh in the algorithm that says, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Just add that in. I would think that this episode then takes a fantastic turn into the Rolex. We hear about it right out the gate uh, where Linda Cardellini is hunting for it. She figures out Jack Duquesne. There's lots of threads going on. Miss, you got to get this Rolex. Do we think the Rolex is tied to Natasha? No, I mean, I don't personally, just because it's not her vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I think that there's a couple things that are said that are really interesting regarding the Rolex. First of all, that, first of all, that Laura Barton cares about this, you know, (laughs) why does she care? I think we could speculate as to why in a little bit, but that's, that's interesting. Another interesting part is that what Clint says that is you know, he's very specific in his wording. He's, he basically says that this person who it belonged to is out of the action now, but if it was discovered, it would put this person in immediate danger. So they're still around, but they're out of the action. Is there anybody in the Avengers that has just sort of like stepped out on their own regard that's still alive and still vulnerable? Like, not that I know of. Well, then let's get into the crumbs and speculate. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's our special effects sound now to get into the crumbs. <laughs> Love it. Um, so can I give my theory? Do it. And this may be a long shot, but so what's really interesting about Clint in the entire MCU is that his character past and, and sort of biography is very different than what happens in the comics in a lot of ways. And I think that there it's, it's that way for a lot of reasons. I think one is that they wanted to go in a different direction with this character, because when you've had a character that's been around as long as Clint Barton has in the comics, crazy things have happened. I mean, usually they've been killed and revived and killed again and revived again. I mean, in Clint's case, that's absolutely true. He gets killed by Wanda at some point and then brought back Mm -hmm. to life during, uh, during the house of M situation. And, There's also, you know, he's got this different relationship in the MCU where we've got Laura Barton. She's never in the comics and he doesn't have kids in the comics. I mean, his only relationship, it's very notable, is with a hero named Mockingbird. And uh, Bobby Morse is the name of the woman. They end up getting divorced over time. You know, superhero relationships tend to be pretty messy, but my outside theory is that maybe Laura Barton is the MCU's Mockingbird. And maybe, like, maybe that's what they're trying to avoid. Like, maybe they were both superheroes, and they decided to start a family, and Clint decided to continue in the superhero game, but Laura decided to take a step back. And so 
they're worried about anything connected to Laura being tied back because she's still alive. And that puts their whole family in danger, which he's been able to create this nice sort of bubble up until, you know, Maya does all of her research. He's been really able to create this really nice safe place for his family where they're not in the line of fire. And so the only thing I can think of that they would be that concerned about is if it's actually Laura, <laughs> Laura's watch or, or, or something tied to Laura to where it could blow up her spot and all of a sudden their whole family's at risk. Well, that is a beautiful uh, dot connection. I want to know if uh, Bobby Morse, Barbara Morse, if she was, well, were they speaking German at the beginning? They were, they were speaking, they were speaking German, uh, German. Okay. Yeah. So they were speaking German. I guess that's their predetermined code language so that the kids don't understand. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was, that was clever, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Russian, which would have been very interesting, but mm. yeah, I think it's, I don't know if they want to tie Clint back to that just because there's, you know, it would be a different character name, a very different Mockingbird than anything we've seen in the comics, but that I still think it's in play. But what makes it kind of outside of play a little bit in my mind is, you know, the real life stuff. Like Linda Cardellini uh, has not been super involved up till now. I feel like they're paving the way for for Jeremy Renner to sort of exit the MCU, at least for the most part, maybe cameo appearances here and there going forward, but to sort of go the way of like Robert Downey Jr. and others, uh, Chris Evans, etc. And I right. think that that's, that's what I sort of expected this series to be about. So I don't know how much sense it makes to reveal that Laura Barton has been Mockingbird the whole time, but in a lot of ways, it's the only thing that makes sense in terms of the story. Um, though there are, there are, of course, other options. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it puts Tony's family in danger if it's his watch or something. I don't really know. It's it's hard to tell. I am very, very interested in that thread. I, I need to know more and all of it because that threw me through a loop. My head is spinning right now. Well, who else uh, could it be, Kirk? I mean, really, like, like I Captain. said, there's nobody else in the Avengers who has just sort of stepped away of their own accord that we've seen on screen. You know, there could be other off-screen characters that have not been revealed yet that could be that's true in harm's way you know past but the avengers were formed in the mcu like we saw the first iteration of the avengers so this would have to be some sort of like old shield agent or something you know like something yeah. somebody that clint knew prior to the avengers initiative when he was working for nick fury or something captain america you mean steve rogers captain america i do mean steve rogers captain america mm. Old man, old man, Steve. Old man, hey, that, Steve. I like that. I could buy that. We had. I the, don't know uh, why he has a Rolex, but I, think it's <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wouldn't Captain America have a Rolex? Like, probably <laughs> at some point in his life. Yeah, that's that's a viable option. He's still yes. out there. O old man, Steve and and Peggy, they're out there, right, somewhere in the in the <laughs> universe. So sure, somebody could come for him. I guess. That's why I want it to be. This Rolex gets uh, discovered that it was in the box of, of things that were recovered, uh, saved that should have been destroyed in the Avengers compound coming from New Warren Endgame. And that's where we see uh, Kate going in because she is, well, she actually butts her way into getting into <laughs> to the apartment, which turns out to be Maya's apartment or one of Maya's locations. We mm -hmm. can speculate that she probably has a couple different uh, 
places that she she lives in and the rolex she snags it at the end of this big fight does she still have this rolex i think she is in possession of it when she leaves that apartment i believe so yeah i believe she has it and we have this again kerfluffle it's my buzzword for the day her (laughs) kerfluffle with with all the with maya and with uh with the big fight scene and we'll reveal it in just a moment even though you already know we see her and clint fight on the rooftop and get an argument and she walks away like hey clint did you check her pocket? Because she's got that Rolex that you went there to find. Uh huh. So we can only assume that he's going to chase immediately after her or forget about it because he just ran into, you know, uh, Yelena Belova on the roof who was kicking his butt. Um, Let's talk about her. Let's talk about Florence Pugh popping into this episode. Do we think that he knows Yelena? I do not think so. Mm -hmm. I I do not think so because... I feel like he would have, you know, if he does, he's never seen her, right? Because he hasn't, he hasn't connected the dots, but he, he definitely recognizes her fighting style. He's like, somebody sent a black widow assassin, you know, somebody's hired a black widow assassin. Things just got really real. I think is what he said. Um, So I don't think he knows her. I don't think he knows her. She certainly doesn't know him, right? Based off of the, the end scene uh, from the black widow movie, the, the end credit scene with Julie Louis Dreyfus, like, she doesn't, she's not aware of him. So I don't think he knows that she's connected to Nat at all. I agree. I agree with that as well. Yeah. It makes it more fascinating because obviously she is targeting them. She's targeting, you know, at least the Rolex, maybe she's targeting Maya and she found them and she's like, no, no, no. What's going on? You know, we don't know her full agenda uh, as is always with black widow uh, assassins. I think she's only after Clint, man. I think she's, I think it's, I think it's all Clint driven. I think, you know, her ha- happening upon Maya and ending up in sort of this dual fighting situation with Maya was totally happenstance and her just rolling with the punches because she doesn't really go after Haley uh, or sorry, Kate Bishop until mm-hmm. Kate makes her presence known with like the flashbang arrow oh, thing that she shoots. So, so cool. um, yeah. And then, and then Yelena does the coolest jump off the roof jump that I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, yeah, that was the most black widow thing ever. And it was amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I really do think that there are dual paths here. I think the Maya, I think the Maya situation, the Yelena situation and Kate Bishop are all, you know, this whole series, the thesis of this series is like, let's, let's have Hawkeye come to terms with his career and his past decisions. And there, there they are three of them right there. Maya's dad dies. She's after him. Kate's dad dies and she sees, she sees Hawkeye saving the city. So she's connected to him at the waist. And then Yelena thinks that he has something to do with Nat's death. And Clint has to try to talk his way out of that, presumably at some point. So, um, yeah, he's he's in quite the triangle there. (laughs) Yeah. For anyone who thought that Hawkeye didn't have deep ties. Oh man. Wrong. Wrong indeed. (laughs) So she's got the Rolex. Florence Pugh is in the game. Of course, this could be the first or one of the first assignments uh, from Valentina Allegra herself. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we get to see her come in and give more assignments, have some conversations, because we have had plenty of asides that weren't always from 
uh, Jeremy Renner's perspective, right? We get Maya's whole backstory. So when you talk about when we talk about narrative, there's oftentimes uh, the direction of a show or a movie where the audience is privy to certain information. So in this particular show, we're getting uh, perspectives from both sides, from the villains and from our heroes. So there's a very good chance that we could get some um, introspective details from Valentina uh, leading her pack with uh, with Walker, with uh, Florence Pugh, with all of the other people she's collected and is collecting along the way. And that would be pretty cool uh, coming up in one of the future episodes. Yeah, and I have to assume that there's going to be a post-credit, maybe maybe two post-credit scenes at the end of this whole situation. Um, you know, one, I'll theorize, being the reveal of the kingpin, um, and the other being Val collecting another <laughs> another uh, recruit into her army of misfit heroes, you know? Like, <laughs> that's the thing, is whenever you start to analyze who could be the next pin to fall, um, it could be Echo, it could, it could yes. be it could be Echo because the, sort of the qualifications for her team seem to be that they start out bad and, and then they sort of become good but don't really know what it means to be good. And so Val is sort of taking advantage of their wanting to do good and going to use them for her own little initiative here. And so I think if we continue down this path, it's possible that Echo realizes that you know, Hawkeye is not worth chasing down anymore. Either he wasn't the one who killed her dad or he saves her life or what have you. And now she's left with like nowhere to go. She and Val swoops in to grab her. Um, I think that that's definitely a possibility. So I think we'll see Val before the series is over, even if it's just in a post credit scene. Excellent. I got a couple of, uh, of quick hitters here and they're kind of like two parters in a way as well. So in the initial, um, Spider-Man No No Way Home trailer. We see Spider-Man, of course, you know, whipping through the city as he does. And then in a later trailer, as and I don't know if this has been doctored or not. I hope it has not. Uh-huh. But in a later trailer, we actually see, if you are eagle eye enough, the Rogers the Musical uh, listed on a billboard uh, in, in Times Square where he's swinging from. Now, we didn't get a chance to talk about Rogers the Musical yeah, because true. there was so much else going on. That drops in episode one where Clint is forced to go to this. Uh, he has to make an appearance. He hates the whole thing. Uh, I'm shocked that we didn't talk about it because we also saw Adam Pascal live I know. in <laughs> St. Louis. And then there he was, and he was also in Tick, Tick, Boom. We saw yes. Adam Pascal twice on a on a show or a movie and then a show and then a live production within a week. That was so yes. random. <laughs> and I mean, he is flooded with, uh, <laughs> with just sentiments with me now. And I really want that musical to happen. A and B the, is, have you seen that clip? Have you seen that side by side running online? Okay. Yeah. Is it real? Does yes. It seem real? I think it does yeah. seem real. And, and it seems like it was removed initially so yeah. that, to not give it away. And now it's there. Right. Yeah, and I want to see more of Rogers the musical because there's some weirdness going on <laughs> with that whole musical, especially since it appears to be post blip because Ant Man was at the Battle of New York in in that musical because Hawkeye even makes a comment and was like, "Wait, I was there. That guy wasn't there." He was talking about <laughs> Scott Lang, and so there could be more multiversal reveals going on there, or at least things that changed because Ant Man would have been there when they traveled back in time during the whole in game scenario. So yes. Yeah. I, I think it's possible that the Rogers, the musical thing is just a quick little cameo, like Easter egg for the fans to see as he swings through the city. But maybe that's something, it's something more, who knows? 
Right, because if that's the case, it is currently in its run when Spider-Man is swinging through the city and they're in the same city. Hawkeye does not live there. He is there temporarily saving the day. So do we see Peter Parker running into Hawkeye the episode that airs after the being episode six, the finale Mm. right after No Way Home or maybe even this week, the, the penultimate episode? It's a great question, Kirk. It's not one that I'd pondered. I am going to vote no. Let's let's do this first. Does he show up at all in Hawkeye? Peter Parker? Yes. I go no. I got gotcha. you. I go no. I, I think it depends on how successful this musical is. <laughs> maybe it's been running for, <laughs> you know, maybe it's running in the winter. Maybe it goes all the way through maybe it keeps its uh, residency there uh, at the theater i don't know but i i don't think it's a coincidence i guess is what i'm trying to say i still think it's a long shot peter parker appears but there's there's got to be some sort of something there right my hope is that you know sometimes we get these not gimmicky but we get the more lighthearted post-credit scenes yeah i would hope that we do get tom holland in hawkeye he's walking out of the theater hawkeye is just walking down the street to get somewhere and maybe he's walking to the subway to go to the airport whatever and i hope that he walks out of it and he says have you seen it Uh, but not in his british voice yeah let's hope not that would be really bad And and I feel like there could be a fun moment there. Otherwise, do I see him as as Spider-Man in the series? Probably not. But yeah, man. I mean, why would they do it? Why do they do anything they do anymore, Cam? It's that, absolute chaos. It is chaos. They, they throw so many things your way that it's hard to know what's just for fun and what's what's for real. You know, yes. Oh my goodness. And then uh, one other uh, question I have, because I have lots of speculation from this episode, then I want to hear anything you've got left that we haven't touched base on the LARPers, the live action role players. Um, I thought this was this, I thought was a gimmick at the beginning of this when we first got to them, but they really intertwined them in in a more substantial way this episode, which I'm excited about. Do we think there's a hidden LARPer that becomes a superhero out of this crew? Or is this strictly just for let's use the community let's uh let's you know everyone can be a hero is it more of that sentiment i mean maybe not a superhero but maybe involved in some way i mean they they use characters like i said before the one guy's name is grills and he's that's a character name from the from the comics who's a close friend of of uh clint's and and his neighbor actually so it's possible you know them them resurfacing was a bit of a fun surprise i really enjoyed that but it is certainly possible that one of them ends up, you know, one of them is a police officer and they, they have her bag full of the arrows. That's embroidered. Um, that <laughs> yes. says bombshell on it. Maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe she goes on to become a shield agent or something fun like that. You Ooh. know, it, it, it sort of remains to be seen, but I don't think it'll be anything uh, too significant. Beautiful. I love it. I got to know. Do you have anything you want to talk about that we've not discussed yet? Well, I mean, I think the, the, almost literal elephant in the room is Kingpin, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, there were, <laughs> there were lots of rumors that, you know, he was going to appear, uh, you know, I was half expecting a post credit scene after episode four that would show him, you know, pulling the strings somewhere. My, my current take on that is that he will appear post credit scene. I think he will have one of the two post credit scene slots and it will just be him. This will be, after No Way Home, maybe they show Kingpin in No Way Home. I, I certainly think Matt Murdock appears in No Way Home. 
um, which would then, you know, as we theorized earlier, open the door for them to do a Kingpin reveal in the final episode. But at this point, I think it's going to be very small. You know, I, I, I don't expect him to be sort of the big bad, the final showdown by any means, because he's just too big for that. Right, right. Yeah, but then we didn't get enough Kingpin now because, granted, we had the whole Marvel Daredevil series, but there are there's a significant amount of people who have never watched that, even though... Yeah. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And there's going to be a little bit of rebranding for Kingpin um, in order to introduce, reintroduce him to people, which is fascinating because that show was like all Marvel. It was yeah. it was the edgy Marvel, but it was, it was all Marvel. And it was so well done. But now we have to get uh, just people need to know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the tradition. And I think the big question that continues to linger out there is like, we feel very close to a Matt Murdock reveal, very, very close to a, a Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin reveal. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, you know, like are are those guys in play? Are those are, are those actors in play? Is are, is that all canon? I mean, that's that's huge. That knowing that will be huge, and you know, maybe maybe this takes place post Spider-Man and that's why, that's why Kingpin's around. I don't know. So many options on the table, but I do think that that's the one big lingering question that will come out of this series. When you look at the, uh, the Disney plus timeline, uh, it makes sense where it's at. It's near the end. It's in phase four, but I wonder if they're going to trick us as they like to do. And just like, Zoop, zoop, you know, oh, for sure. Left to right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they, they do that like stuff it. all the time. They, like the bait and switch is their favorite move. They love to, I mean, just think of the in-game trailers, the Infinity War trailers that were clearly not the final product. How many things they removed and added and, and put significance on. I mean, they're, they're crafty guys for sure. They are. They are. You know, in, in the in the previous world, pre, uh, pre-MCU, whatever you saw in the trailer was what you saw in the movie. Yeah. And so they were careful to put that in. But no, MCU is like, here's a random scene that we're not going to use just to trick you all. I was <laughs> just thinking the in. other day, I was like, surely they're going to have a red carpet premiere for No Way Home. But can they even do that? You know, like, because any photos come from that. And it's, you know, Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, like that blows up the whole thing. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. Right. Or they would just say, hey, you're not invited. You guys can't. Yeah, come. you guys cannot come. You can't be there. We'll have a separate premiere and you guys will walk <laughs> the carpet uh, like the day after or something. I don't know. But man, this episode jam packed, very real. good pace, um, not too confusing, not too overloaded it really was such a good pace and such a good storytelling uh just rollout uh, anything else you got to say about this cam uh ready for episode five what you want in episode five anything you want to get off your chest i think i think we've covered it but i think the big thing that we need to know coming out of this series is where yelena belova stands with hawkeye you know is, yes. is, is he still primary target number one are they cool? Does he just evade her and, and roll out? You know, I think that has to be answered for us to know where she stands going forward with Val and, and everything else that we know that she's going to be involved in. Safe to say, I think we see Elena in at least one more of our final two episodes. Episode five of Hawkeye dropping this coming Wednesday on Disney Plus. And then the following night, if you're an early premiere like us, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Number three of the Tom Holland sequel, of seek of trilogy one, I should say, <laughs> yeah, that's and right. trilogy two is on its way, ladies and gentlemen. This has been spilled popcorn. We will talk with you soon. That's Cam. What's up? See you later. 
<laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs>